Hey everyone, this is Beth. And I'm Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast. And we're here to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Well, we're on YouTube, so hopefully you're going to head over there, watch this podcast, and make sure if you're there, hit like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our new content. I mean, you guys got to check out YouTube because you're missing out on my beautiful melon. I mean, it's going <laughs> to, it will, it will change of your Of course, day. I thought you were going to say my beautiful wife. Oh, no. well, she's great. I mean, no, but you, everybody you loves Beth. Beautiful melon. I'm Beth's husband. <laughs> uh, do people even know my name? Like, I don't even know anymore. Um, my kids make a joke that I'm uh, Mike from it's Monsters. It's Wazowski. I don't is there a I don't, but you I, love a little extra twist in there. I do. I do. That's just how I roll. Uh, adding people. <laughs> We're going to be talking about type nine and their wings, uh, which are type eight and type one. If the concept of wings is new to you, check out episode 160, where we explain what Enneagram wings are, uh, particularly in detail. And essentially, the wings are just simply the two types that are directly next to your main type. So a nine is not going to have a two wing they're not going to have a six wing, uh, and it's just the two next to it. So I'm a type six, and five and seven are my wings. And since Beth's a nine, well, I, like I just said, eight and one are yep. the wings. So we get to dive into my wings today, which is going to be awesome. And we have two special guests. But before we go there, let's talk about the main type, because we still remain our main type. You're still a nine no matter what. Exactly. So... And that comes with our core motivations, which is the driving force behind your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And your core motivations are the core fear, desire, weakness, and longing. And it's going to see the world in a particular way, interpret it, and then react to it based off of how it views the world. Now, what's interesting is your wings also have core motivations. It sees the world from its vantage point, and it's going to try to influence the main type to think and feel the way it does because it thinks it's right. So today we get to see how our type 1 and our type 8 wing thinks it's right and is trying to influence us as type 9. Well, because we have such a significant relationship with these various connecting types, especially the wings, uh, we're going to be referring to wings as part of us. And we talk a lot about this in our new book, More Than Your Number, so be sure to go check that out because it, it's going to really open your understanding to the various parts of your heart. And maybe that's new to you, even thinking about that there are various parts of you. But here's the uh, clue that it's true is that you're already using this language. Have you ever said something like, well, part of me wants to do this, part of me wants to do that, or part of me feels this way, but part of me feels something exactly the opposite of that? <laughs> right. And so, but the, the key is, is that even though these are parts of you, you're still your main type with all the core motivations that come along with being that type, but we are influenced by these parts that can come from there with their core motivations as well. Mm -hmm. As we talk about type nine's wings with our guest, whom we're going to introduce in just a moment, keep in mind that they're always going to be their main type with those core motivations. Type nine will be leading the way. But what you'll hear today is how in certain situations, relationships, or experiences, their eight-wing and their one-wing parts are going to start showing up, and they influence their behavior both in positive and negative ways. That's healthy and unhealthy ways. Yeah. So before we introduce our guests, let me just paint a picture of us type nines. We are called the peaceful accommodators, 
And we're great mediators. Now, we don't want to get in the mix of the conflict, but we mediate. We like to bring harmony. We want to make sure everyone has a place at the table. Everyone is heard. Um, everyone feels special and important. And we bring a lot of strength in bringing affirmation, encouragement. We inspire others. Um, we love to go with the flow. Like, everything's going to be fine. Like, it's okay. Um, but also, we're very optimistic. We see things on the positive side. Um, everything's going to work out. That is one of the easiest indicators for me that you're struggling is that when you start getting pessimistic, I'm like, okay, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that's not Bethy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because then, well, and we're not getting into it this episode, but when I moved to that six space, sure. you're like, you can't handle. You, you can't handle the truth and all my anxieties. <laughs> Get out of my neighborhood. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I don't need to go to that flywheel sure. of a mind for yeah. sure. Um, but nines also, what happens is in order to go along, to get along, to create peace mm -hmm. and harmony, we tend to merge with others. But by merging with others' thoughts, feelings, and agendas, we lose ourselves in the process. So a lot of times we don't even know what our thoughts are, our opinions are, because we have fallen asleep to ourselves and really have taken on the thoughts and personas of others because it seems easier so this can cause frustration for ourselves and others because I know for Jeff, like you'll say, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you want to do? And that can be really frustrating because a lot of people in my life I know really do care about what I would like to do, but I feel like a deer in headlights mm -hmm. and I would rather just go along to get along because I don't want to assert my viewpoint in case it were to cause any kind of friction or tension. No, we, we had a fun conversation. Um, so we're recording this the day after Valentine's. So yeah. uh, Beth and I came home and we had a very meaningful conversation where it was prompted by the movie. And it, how did I phrase it again? Who do you think oh. believes that they... Out of the two of us. Out of the two of us is the least lovable, right. I think is how like, I phrased do it. I think I'm the least lovable or do you think you're the least lovable? And it became a fight like, no, 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 you, you clearly love me less. Yeah. Cause I was like, no, I know I love you, but as a nine, my thought process is uh, the core lies are, I'm not special. I don't matter. My I voice mean, doesn't matter. You, you are only loved to the degree that you make me happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. Like, yes. oh, if you're ha if Jeff's happy, then I've done a great job. That's the thought pattern of the nine. And so I'm convinced, <laughs> well, does that ever happen? And so then I'm convinced, no, I'm the least lovable because we, we are laughing yes. because we know that these are all just head trash, limiting beliefs, false messages yes. that plague us. But, but it, it's a part of the does nine. have an impact on our relationship. It does. For sure. And that's where the nine is sad because – we really operate in the world that our presence, our voice doesn't matter and that others don't really want us to show up. Um, they may say they do, but we're like, ah, we really, we know what's really yeah. going on. And we have to get past that limiting and false belief to give the world what God has created within us, sure. which is um, beauty and a, a perspective that a lot of people don't have. Mm -hmm. So, Let's dive in with uh, the core motivations of the nine. And so you can kind of understand why these are the dynamics we have. So the core fear is that we fear conflict, tension of any kind, discord. We fear being shut out or overlooked. 
and losing connection with others. Really what we're wanting is inner stability and peace of mind. But we struggle with the core weakness of sloth. Now, this isn't a physical laziness. Yes, we like our cozy comforts. But this is an internal slothfulness where we want to remain in an unrealistic and idealistic world mm. so that we're just experiencing that peace and that harmony. Everything is great. But we shut ourselves out in the process. And therefore, we don't know our passions, opinions, and wants. But we long, our core longing is to hear your presence matters. Well, our guests today are Brandon and Laura. Uh, guys, I thank you so much for being on uh, the podcast with us. Laura, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Thank you for having me here today. Um, my name is Laura Nekaneki Booth, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified NEM grad coach. Um, I have been a therapist for over 15 years, and it really kind of came out um, in kind of utilizing the Enneagram in that work. Um, I was just really looking for a tool to dive a little bit deeper mm -hmm. into not only helping my clients, but even like my self-reflection and, and kind of trying to understand my own self um, as a therapist and as a in my relationships with others. And so that's really um, a big part of my passion is working with individuals and couples and even businesses. I've um, I've worked in crisis and um, I used to be a treatment director for a um, residential crisis treatment center and just even like helping build team development and things like that. So I'm, I really am focused on building deeper relationships and um, and I love how the Enneagram um, helps us do kind of all of that, um, whether that's personally, professionally, leadership wise, it just kind of encompasses it all, but it's really helped me grow on that level. What do, you, yeah. what do you think has been just the top two or three things that the Enneagram has helped in the therapeutic process with the clients that you work with? I think honestly, the, um, the biggest thing is helping us see all these different parts to ourselves <laughs> and how that makes us a whole person. I think we can oftentimes cut ourselves off um, from various parts of ourselves that are trying to protect us um, in various ways. So I think the Enneagram really gives a good visual and a good descriptor of who we are and why we do what we do. And I think that that seeing those healthy and those unhealthy sides to us um, can really bring in a lot more compassion and vulnerability that I see is oftentimes missing with the people that I work with. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. So Brandon, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. I'm super glad to be here. This is uh number two yeah. for me on the podcast. Yeah. I'm very glad well, to be back. You know what? Thank you. Um, this is like being a host on Saturday Night Live. Where <laughs> yeah, now like how we many have times <laughs> can you be on? <laughs> oh, you guys going to start handing out jackets? Ooh. I'd take a jacket oh, on no, number five. I'm a five or Yeti mugs. <laughs> you know, that's why we bought those mugs in the first place was to give away to guests. There you go. And then we just hoarded them for ourselves. And then we decided, no, let's just put them in a storage unit and keep them <laughs> and pay to for it. Right. <laughs> So, well, I'll, I'll watch the mail to get the yes. mugs. Yes, because that's why you're here. You want the merch. I mean, <laughs> Instagram symbol is such a great icon to put on your clothing. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so tell us about Absolutely. you, Brandon. Well, um, yeah, I'm uh, also type nine, and uh, I live up in the Northwest, just outside of Seattle, Washington. And I've been a coach 
for going on six years wow. now, but I've known about the Enneagram for for many, many years. It's been a fun thing to uh, to learn and, and to be able to teach mm, people. That's I mean, having uh, studied and been interested in the Enneagram for so long, how have you seen the conversation and community around the Enneagram change over time? Well, I think um, when I started to first hear about it, it was much more underground, I guess, if you want to mm-hmm. use that mm-hmm. word. Yeah. And then obviously that big bubble that kind of burst, especially in Nashville. Right. I mean, I, as far as I know, I heard it was just absolutely everywhere. Yes. Um, but um, the the conversation has begun to change for me, at least with my clients as like, they're, they're coming to me. They used to come to me with like, what is this mm-hmm. thing? And now they're coming to me as like, a, I know that this has been helpful and I've seen this be helpful for friends or family mm-hmm. or coworkers, whatever. And I'd like that to be a part of, you know, my world. And so um, for me specifically, I just, the way that it helps improve communication between partners, between self, uh, is just yeah. been yeah. absolutely amazing. It is interesting you talk about it. It was a little underground. So for years, Beth and I, for over a decade, were reading about the Enneagram. And we were, I was a pastor mm-hmm. at a local church. And so well, and we, we were... It, there just wasn't any gospel-centered approach to the Enneagram. So we took all that time to really assess and also bring language to it that would help those that want to see it and want to use it from that gospel-centered perspective an actual way to do that. But I, I remember like many of the authors were not Christian, so they weren't writing books from a biblical worldview right. And so we would kind of sneakily go mm-hmm. through borders uh, back into the new age and personalities. <laughs> right. <laughs> now to get a Rizzo and Hudson book or a Helen now, Palmer. Like, our books are in the right. Christian section. Oh, that's right. We brought, yes, we have. That's right. There you go. How far they've come. How far. <laughs> it is funny to think about how cautious we were. And as the Lord provided opportunities and for us to, I remember distinctly making decisions along the way. Yeah. Um, to change yeah. what and we were reading. It's been about awesome the seeing the ripple effect. That's right. Well, we're super thankful that you're both here. Uh, it's common for people to talk about their dominant wing, which is the wing that they notice the most are showing up in this particular season in life. And many out there believe that they may only have one wing, but that's actually not the case. Uh, just as a bird has both wings, uh, has two wings, so do uh, all the Enneagram types. And it's important uh, to be aware of them because, like I said, we have relationship with them. And so for the nine, it's the one and the eight. And the one and eight play significant roles in your life. Uh, and you, we're going to talk about what it looks like even for what it looked like in your family. Uh, maybe one of your parents had was uh, the, their main type was one of your wings and you were parented through the lens of that type. There's reasons why these uh, wings exist and understanding them is really going to be helpful as you think about what it means to be you and living in God's world, being made in the image of God to reflect something of him. Yeah. So let's dive into uh, type one, the wing that we have is type one. And type ones, they come with the perspective of being objective, detailed, um, more logical and serious. They're also more emotionally self-controlled. And so what you're going to see when that kind of partners up with a type nine who wants to be, you know, even even Steven or even keeled, 
you've got, you know, the type one who's trying to button up the emotions and the nine's like, yeah, let's just keep it kind of neutral. So you're going to see a, a type nine that is less emotional and a little bit more withdrawn, a little bit more quiet. Um, but they're also going to bring a kindness to that kind of quietness that they have, even if the one wing is playing a role. Now, one other thing that you'll notice is the motivations of the type nine is a little bit different with that one wing. So the one is all about ethics and morals, procedures, doing it just right, um, making sure that everything is perfect. That is the idea of the type one. But the nine is really fixated and focused on other people, making them happy, their agendas, you know, going along to get along. But the one is really about those ethics and morals. So what you're going to see is the type nine trying to please people perfectly in the way they want to be pleased, in the way that ethics might land on them. So it's just a little bit different than the hard, fast rules of the type one. You're going to see this blend of empathy and compassion that also comes along with that type nine. So uh, let's start with you, Brandon. Uh, how does your healthy part type one bring in that logic, that wisdom, that reasoning, groundedness, but also coupled with that nine that softens it a little bit? How does that show up in your life and where? So I... Um... My staff, so I have a, a company I, I run out here in Northwest, and um, my it like I, I see that come to life in when I have to communicate hard things to staff. Mm -hmm. So um, when when things are done incorrectly or poorly, and they need to be corrected, there is a, a way to like, there's a tact is a word. The word I mm -hmm. love is tact, like to have tact. And I feel like that is like, for me, a really great uh, melding of the two mm. of being able to say, like, you've done this incorrectly. Here's the way to correct it. But also, what are you bringing into work this week or today? that's taken you off mm. your game because I know you've done it before the correct way, those kinds of things, instead of coming in with just such a hard line, mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is wrong. Change it right way. Brandon, do you have uh, any reluctance for that towards that part uh, for it to show up? Oh, absolutely. What The way I experience it, it's almost as if uh, it's like, you know, don't, don't make me have to bring out my one, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I really don't want perfectly to do this. said. <laughs> yes, like ah, perfectly said because totally I, I don't. Yeah, I mean Beth's that way, and, and what's interesting is, as I've told her, like even if you have to confront one of the team members mm -hmm. or address an issue, we'll, we'll only use con confrontational right. language. Don't do that. We just need to have a we conversation, an intentional conversation. conversation. <laughs> like Bethy, you have nothing to worry about because even if it was out of perfectionism or anger it still won't come across that way right it's kind of like it feels like it's going to be this brick i'm throwing at someone and it's and been bubble wrapped like, like oh, 10 look, times you know <laughs> it's been bubble wrapped and it has like let's say fur on the outside of that so it's like <laughs> the softest brick that's ever been made <laughs> yes but but even even when that still comes i'm like i'm so sorry you know oh, like yes <laughs> absolutely yeah well laura how about you how does the one part of your heart show up in healthy ways um for me i see it uh in healthy ways more so in 
Um, I used to struggle a lot with like setting boundaries mm, and right. being able to like set healthy boundaries. And I think the one has been very helpful for me when I'm really health- healthy to discern, like making it okay to like speak up or say something that's right for me, even though it might not be okay for someone else. Um, and know that that's okay um, to, to do that. Yeah. And so I really, um, I think that that I see um, at, in my growth path and, you know, in just in my own journey, the one has really, really helped me be able to, you know, know what is right for me and, and stop me even from mm-hmm. merging with others um, in that sense and know what um, what's healthy for me, you know, versus what's healthy for someone else and kind of differentiate from the two. It's interesting to think that if the one's wanting to merge if the nine is wanting to merge, both wings of the nine, both eight and one, have a much clearer view of what boundaries are. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like God has equipped you with uh, some help <laughs> to establish some boundaries. If we're willing people. to take the help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which can lead us into the unhealthy space of the type one. So uh, Yeah, I'm just... Uh, out of curiosity, um, Brandon, which wing do you lean towards more? Eight. Yeah. And Laura, Um, what about you? I've I've leaned. I will lean more towards the one wing. I mean, you can feel it just looking at you both. Yeah. You can feel the vibe. (laughs) of. (laughs) Totally. This is why you've got to watch this stuff on YouTube because you literally, you can see we interviewed some fives and, they're kind of tucked away in their yeah. little space. I mean, it. Yeah. it's just, it, it's so fascinating. It so, I mean, it, it's worth watching real people and not just their voices. So. Well, and I tend to almost merge with every Enneagram type that we interview. Uh, it's like amazing. my energy is the, like The right way there. she describes <laughs> the types, it, it's, yeah, with five and four, you got a little softer with mm-hmm. eight. And with nines, you're showing up a little brighter. Mm-hmm. How yeah. funny. Yeah, because they get me. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. So why don't, why don't you describe Alrighty. a little bit of the unhealthy so one? Here's where the unhealthy part of one can show up uh, in a life of a nine. As we talk about the wing one unhealthy characteristics, it's important to keep in mind this, that it has positive intent. It has good intent. It is trying its best to resolve the uh, heartache of the type nine. So the one wing can make you quick to judge, maybe condemn others while justifying yourself based on your high standards, principles, and morals, uh, which can be tough for the nine. There's a lot of ambivalence. Like, I don't want to be judgy, but I feel there's a part of me that is. It can show up in passive aggressiveness, impatience, judgments, and really exude through your body language. You might experience some internal conflict when upholding your voice and moral principles. And actually, can you go back a little bit? Sorry. Got So you'll feel an internal conflict between holding and voicing your moral principles versus needing to maintain peace and harmony with others. So what, I mean, when I think about it, how it shows up for you, Bethy, is when you might express to me your frustration with something, but you wouldn't voice it uh, in frustration to somebody who might change it or who's made the problem. Um, it may be it show up as guilt and shame, particularly towards yourself whenever you didn't make someone happy. I mean, all people have an inner critic, but 
Um, the type 1's inner critic is relentless, so when your one wing is unhealthy, you're going to feel the weight of that criticism as a type 9. So, Laura, why don't we start with you first, and why don't you share with us how has this one wing shown up in maybe unhelpful or less healthy ways? We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. I think um, one of the things um, that I see most, it, and even you know when I reflect, I like I was that kid growing up that could not stand anyone being mad at me, and if and a lot of it had to do with feeling like I did something wrong like, you know, that right versus wrong. And even if I didn't necessarily do anything wrong, like I would immediately want to apologize for that. So I think the unhealthy one wing comes in me really critically when, when something is, you know, like a miss or there's a conflict or a discord or something like that. I automatically think that I have done something wrong and that part in me feels like it. And then therefore I'm a bad person kind of a thing. I see that coming out in like unhealthy ways. And I have to really be conscious of that. Um, so even if I do make a mistake or, um, you know, cause some sort of discord, it doesn't make me a bad person. Yeah. You know, like my <laughs> actions may be a mistake, but that doesn't make me a bad person. So I really see that inner critic coming out loud and clear, kind of pointing fingers, being very critical of myself you know, um, as a person, yep. I guess, and how I, you know, may have caused someone else's unhappiness yeah. or things like and that. Think, that's where I see it really coming. And that's the point I want to get across. And I'd love to hear, Brandon, if you feel this as well, is that though the one wing is definitely looking at morals and, and ethics and procedures, for me as a nine, it's really about, am I making you happy? So if someone's upset, Therefore, I've done something wrong. Now, of course, ethics and morals, mm -hmm. that's important too, but it lands on me more, oh, like I'm being a bad wife or I'm being a bad mom or I'm being a bad Christian, you know, or whatever it is. It lands on me more that way than probably how a type one would think as a pure type one. And then that part of me, that type one, it feels like the inner critic almost has a bat 
And like you said, it's more aimed at me and it's just relentless until I fix the problem. And usually fixing the problem would, would mean making someone happy or going along or whatever it is to smooth things out. So again, it's that's why I think wings are so great because we're looking at a blend of the two, mm-hmm. not just the hard, fast rule that how does the one show up only. Uh, yeah, Brendan, tell us first because I want to come back to something about uh, absorbing or remembering rules. Okay. okay? But Brendan, how, how does your the one wing show up for you in less healthy ways? Um, well, a couple of ways, but I mean, to kind of go off of the same point, from what Laura was saying was I find um, my indicator is I start to ask a lot of questions uh, like internal questions of like, what kind of person does this or what kind of person says that, or well, I mean, these really that's broad really questions, right? Like it, it's, it's very, uh, it, it's just a comparison game right. internally of going like, this is not the right way to operate in the world. And so I, those are the kinds of questions. And so when I catch myself in that storyline loop of going, a good person doesn't say these things, or a good person doesn't react this way, or a good person doesn't care that much when the dishes were supposed to be done mm-hmm. and now they're not when I got home from work. Uh, it's, you know, it's those kind of small indicators where I go like, oh, okay, I need to start paying attention a little bit more here because I'm not in a good mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. Well, being married to Beth for a few years now, <laughs> what are we at? 28? Seven. seven? Yeah. This is. We're going into 28. Tw- so. Going into 28. So. Yeah. Um, Beth remembers the rules, particularly the rules that were handed down by parents or me. Society. A, the any, church. Uh, church. Basically, like, when he says rules, it's. If someone was unhappy or displeased or frustrated, I mean, or someone anything, says that they're displeased with someone else because of what they right. did, it's not even at me. I'm like writing it down in my head. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm not going to say it that way. That will make so, other people uh, upset. Do the two of you resonate with this? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like those are the rules, and and wow. and the ones, you know, of course they have a nine wing, so they might. They might resonate with that somewhat, but for them, it's really about ethics and morals. It's about the inner critic and making the inner critic but, happy. But what's amazing about people happy. to me, and 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 for those who are have friendships or in marriages, have just have friendships and relationships with tight nines. One thing you have to remember is that those rules are not there to come after you. It's they're to they're applied to themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you make a mistake, I it there's. In some sense, there's a sensitivity that I have to be aware of. And at times, because it, you know, as nines, they, they want to portray themselves as kind of weak and vulnerable and be sensitive around them. They're actually much more tougher than that and way more stubborn than you could ever imagine. What? Um, but there, because you can take something I say and immediately turn that into a statement about yourself. Oh, yeah. And like what Brandon was saying, like... Who who thinks this way? Who what wife out there has a husband has to say stuff like that to them? And it, and it could be like, hey, you just can you put the fork in differently in the dishwasher? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yeah. you're like, well, my mom used to say this, or dad said this. Well, everything's a rule. Everything is observing people, and you know, like 
am how am I showing up? And it's not showing up to get admiration, maybe like a three would shape shifting. It is how am I showing up to make sure everyone else is happy? Well, and that's what Laura said earlier is if you think of this one part of you as a very young part of you and it with Laura, like when your friends were unhappy, it was the part that motivated you to try to make it right. You wanted Absolutely. to be the good girl. Yeah, to and figure out the rules. What are the rules in this friend group that we can get it back on track? Yes. Exactly. It's exhausting. Oh, and we were doing a type f- the Type 5 podcast yesterday. It was fascinating, though, of course, I knew this. But it one of the guests said, you know, I really don't care what other people think. <laughs> I'm just like, I even said, I'm How like, can you, you give that? some of that to me? Can you throw it over here, please? <laughs> That's a possibility <laughs> in life. <laughs> I wish it is funny about the rule thing, though, is that I spend my life assuming I am the problem. Yeah, you're taking the responsibility. Yeah. And when for you to have the audacity (laughs) to think that you're the problem. I'm sorry, sweetie. <laughs> so here's another. We're going to battle about <laughs> who's really the who's problem. really wrong? <laughs> okay. Well, let's head into type eight wing. And this is more my yeah, Those are two strong wings. Like yeah. I have five and seven. Seven, big, showing up, fun. happy, fun. Five more. Which but one, but one, one and eight. eight. Man, there's some energy there. Exactly. So let's talk about the eight. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the one I... I mean, I use both of them quite a bit, um, yeah. whereas like your dad uses them, both of them hardly ever. I'm not ever. even sure he has wings. <laughs> exactly. He's They're more like, like really a penguin. Like, like, a, <laughs> like a T-Rex. <laughs> he has them, he just doesn't use them. Well, Laura, how can people find out more about your coaching and uh, what you are able to offer in leadership? Uh, they can find me at infiniteclaritycc.com or at infiniteclarity on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Oh, Great. fantastic. Thank you, Laura. And Brandon, what about you? I'm over at aimandanchorcoaching.com. And you can also find me Instagram, TikTok, uh, same name. Aim and Anchor. That's yeah. awesome. And you both yeah. are on our network, right? That's right. So go yeah. to myenneagramcoach.com and you can put in Brandon and Laura's name. And you can find them there as well. That would be awesome. So thank you so much. If you really want to learn more about uh, wings and all of the things associated with the Enneagram, head on over to yourenneagramcoach.com. If you're looking for a coach, head over to myenneagramcoach.com where we've got thousands of coaches around the world that are ready to help. And for those of you who want to bless others by becoming a certified Enneagram coach, our team is waiting to hear from you to help you to accomplish the dreams that you desire to use this understanding of yourself and how to serve other people so that they can experience the same. Yep, and that's at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash BEC. But as always, the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder. It is the gospel that transforms us. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.